everyone. Welcome to the Lichten Lifestyle. I'm Steve Peck, along with Dr. Edward Lichten, the expert in the field of anti-aging and wellness medicine, and the author of the textbook of Bioidentical Hormones. We've heard a lot about Mark McGuire in the news lately and his admitted use of steroids. In today's program, we'll discuss the difference between hormone replacement therapy and the steroids that athletes are taking. And you'll find that there's quite a difference. As the interview begins, Dr. Lichten is telling us the difference between the steroids athletes are taking and the dosages his patients take for hormone replacement therapy. Well, it's a question of amounts. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, you take someone like, you know, Stallone was uh, stopped in the Australian airport for having 81 bottles of growth hormone. Now, bottle growth hormone usually lasts, most of us, three weeks. So how, why do you need 81 bottles? And the amount of testosterone that we use is 140th what many of the bodybuilders and the baseball players use. Mm-hmm. So 140th as much testosterone or you know, the anabolic steroids that we're talking about. So it's like everything else. If you have one glass of wine, it's different than if you have six bottles. And that's about the equivalent of what we're talking about. Um, reasonable small amounts of hormones to replace what's natural and normal for your body can take you from feeling weak and tired to feeling normal. And uh, my wife had an ist- interesting line. She saw a doctor that she knew in, in Ann Arbor. And he said, why are you married to him? And she said, when was the last time you felt 35? Ah, good one. Okay, so the point is, it's not that you age, Mm -hmm. it's that your hormone levels go down. And the point we're making is that this whole field of hormone replacement really has been around uh, and mainstream for 60 years. We started first with hormone replacement for women. But there was always a culture of people using testosterone for men. And the thing that we've taken now to a little farther extreme is we don't just treat people who are a little tired or having little problems with uh, sexual performance. But basically these steroids, uh, when used properly, are treating Crohn's and ulcerative colitis and are treating rheumatoid arthritis and lupus and the cachexia, the aging, where an older person can't get out of their chair, so they're going to be sent to an to a old age home. Um, we're using it to stop women from bleeding, from stopping their fibroids, stopping their headaches. Uh, there's so many applications that the rebalancing of the hormones treats that we really don't have a limit yet of what we can do. And that's the point that makes this different than just, well, you're getting a little older, we'll give you a little testosterone, get your muscles back. No, we're saying you are sick. You've been through all the specialists. You can't get better. But we have hope that by rebalancing and giving you a replacement with the anabolic steroids can actually make your life better. Right. But now when we look into the field of sports, that's where steroids have become quite a different thing. And... I'm not so sure that they're a bad thing or a good thing. I mean, they're definitely a performance enhancer, no doubt. No question. Remember, we, we've had each one of the drugs have been exposed at certain points in time. We had the testosterone uh, in, with the bodybuilders that were before um, Arnold. Uh, we had Arnold using Nandrolone, which is called DECA mm-hmm. or DECA Durabolin. We had Ben Johnson winning the Olympics, a Canadian runner who went from good to world record speed using a drug called stanazolol. We have bodybuilders now that look freakish because of the muscle development, both men and women, because of an anabolic steroid called Anivar. The point is there are all kinds of extremes, and I don't think they were using testosterone when back when Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris hit home runs. We can't say that, but we sure can say that they every professional athlete in the 80s and 90s and today, I really think every single one of them, baseball, <laughs> basketball, definitely football, uh, soccer, um, boxing. I wouldn't go to every single one, but I'd say a good percentage. Well, let's just say there may be some that don't, but the majority are using and the system doesn't test them very mm-hmm. well. And although there's threats that so-and-so will be exposed, 
there's a system that none of the teams want their top players to become, you know, has-beens. Well, today, let's focus in on Mark McGuire. He had the record before (laughs) Barry Bonds did, and recently he just came out and said that, yes, he was on the juice throughout a 10-year period of baseball, and specifically the period when he hit the record home run at the time. You remember, it was 50 years before anybody broke uh, Babe Ruth's record Mm -hmm. and hit 61. Roger Maris did it, I think, in 19... um, Late seventies, mm-hmm. late late sixties. But the point is, uh, look at the difference in time between nineteen seventy, nineteen eighty, and then the year two thousand. With the same type of ball and, and same type of development of pitchers, but the amount of strength these fellows have, it's just been unmatched in history. Yeah, it got crazy, and we did a show on sports and steroids earlier last year, if you'll recall. And we talked about that for as long as there have been athletes, they've always wanted to get a competitive edge. There's some difference here. All these things they tried Mm -hmm. really can't make a difference or or may have been a psychological difference, but we can show definite muscle development and strength increases that are just outside the range of normal Mm -hmm. by using testosterone in normal and in athletes. There's no question that we can build muscle now when we couldn't do it before. So when Mark was going for this race, he and Sammy Sosa were going neck and neck, and baseball had been at a dead-end road for a while. And these guys were igniting the world, as was all of baseball. Home run records were on the increase. And not too long ago, uh, Jose Canseco wrote the book Juiced, and he credits himself for bringing steroids into Major League Baseball. And in his book, Juice, talked about injecting Mark McGuire and Mark injecting him in, in stalls and, and doing this. So everyone thought he was crazy at first, and now he doesn't look so crazy. And some of these ball players were brought before Congress to testify, and some of them, like Paul Merrow, pointed back at uh, the congressman and said, that, you know, I did not do steroids, only to fail a drug test two years later. McGuire, on the other hand, took the position when he was in front of Congress of saying, I don't want to talk about anything with the past, only the future. So he ignored it, and he didn't lie. I think McGuire is a good guy. I think he was an awesome hitter. And if you look back to his record uh, long before the A's, an amazing hitter, a great ball player. And from all accounts of people who've played with him, he seems to be a really cool guy. So why do you get involved in steroids? I'm not so sure, and we're going to talk about that. But because you're so good, doctor, at breaking things down, what I've done was I edited some segments from the interview that Bob Costas did with him. And I want you to listen to it, and then after each segment, we'll come back and you tell me, your read on the situation. Because I think although Mark McGuire is being truthful, I think that he's not being completely truthful. And I want to ask you questions about what he said when he's done. So let's listen to one of the cuts here from Mark McGuire when he was interviewed recently by Bob Costas. Thanks for being with us. And let's start with some of the particulars. In your statement today, you said you used steroids during the 90s. You hit 49 home runs as a rookie in 1987. Were you using steroids at that time? No. You used them first what season? Well, what season? Uh, well, during the season would be uh, starting, I started using it, uh, the 93, going, the winter of 93, 94, going in that, that season. And I you- was introduced to steroids. I mean, steroids was when the gyms that you work out, you know, back then, back in the day, that was just, that was it. It was readily available. Um, guys at gyms talked about it. You know, uh, I think it was the, I believe it was the winter of uh, 89 into 90. I was given a you know, couple weeks worth, tried it, never thought anything of it, just moved on from it. But as far as using it on a consistent basis, it was the winter of the 93 into 94. You had a series of injuries, early 90s to the mid-90s. And in your statement today, you indicated that that was at least part of the reason why you first use steroids. Yeah. 
But then I would guess that the performance-enhancing aspects became evident, and even once healthy, you continued because it helped you perform, right? Well, no, no. No? I, I, I did it on, on health purposes. I mean, uh, if you look at uh, my career and uh, injured 93, 94, 95, 96, I was a walking uh, mash unit. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I, I told my, my dad yesterday when I finally had to tell him about this, uh, uh, I remember calling him in 96, uh, I was uh, so frustrated with injuries, uh, I wanted to retire. So um, he's the one that told me to stick it out. And at that time I was, yeah, I was using steroids thinking it was going to help me and help me. It was brought to my attention that it was going to help me heal faster, make my body feel back to normal. I mean, I was a walking mash unit. It, it doesn't feel good when we have teammates and people walking by saying he's injured again. Let's talk about that first cut there. Mark claims that he did it for healing, that he wasn't doing it to help his career. I mean, I find that a little bit hard to believe that you, I mean, yes, you do heal faster when you're on steroids, correct? Well, there's no question. I mean, the point is he was in his 30s. You know, here I am at 62. But what happened was a year ago, I tore my uh, quad, tore all the way through the quad and it healed uh, because I was on the testosterone and being 62, you're not going to heal like you're 30. And, but when I went back to playing tennis, uh, there were muscles that didn't heal. There were actually defects, so I couldn't hit the ball in certain positions. Mm-hmm. At that point in time, when I added, I added growth hormone <clears throat> uh, to the testosterone program, within four weeks, I was able to get that one muscle group to heal. So there's no question that we can get healing at an improved level, maybe better than it would be normally, um, especially as you get older, with the testosterone and growth hormone that McGuire took. So yes, you can heal. And we use it for rheumatoid arthritis and joints that don't heal. I've had post-op surgeries. I've had surgeons now approaching me to help them get their patients out of the hospital because they won't heal. Um, They're common sense, logical thing we do, whether it's nutritional IVs for nutrients followed by the anabolic steroids followed by growth hormone. We can get people to heal that don't normally heal. So McGuire is exactly right. And in sports, man, that's critical. Oh, yeah. I mean, you you know, imagine what we could have done and, you know, with the players, if, as long as they don't blow out their knees and break their ankles, the bones heal faster. We cure, treat osteoporosis with the uh, with the uh, anabolic steroids. We heal muscle injuries better. There's no question that it heals better. Um, I can't quote you a medical article, but I can say personally I've seen it for me and I've seen it for my patients. Okay. Let's continue with the interview. So you hit 49 homers in 87. Those are great numbers, but considering the home runs per time at bat, they weren't freakish numbers or outside the norm of what had been done before in baseball history. When we get to the great seasons of 97, 98, 99, 2000, then you start hitting home runs once every seven and a half times at bat, once every eight times at bat. I became a ball player. But could I learned you, how to hit. Could you have, and there's no question that hard work, knowledge of hitting, technique, all those things play into it. Could you have done those things? Could you have hit 70 home runs? Could you have had a, a home run ratio greater than anything Babe Ruth did in his time without using steroids? Absolutely. You I think truly so? believe so. I was given this gift by the man upstairs. Uh, yeah. My track record as far as hitting home runs, my first hit bat in Little League was a home run. I still talk about the home runs I hit in high school. Still talk about the home runs I hit in Legion. Still talk about the home runs I hit in college. I led the nation in home runs. I still talk about the home runs I hit in the minor leagues. I was given the gift to hit home runs. See, the thing is about the years you were talking about, let me go back to 93 and 94. Those are the two years that I was really injured where I missed basically three quarters of the season. That was the first time in my life that I sat back and I really had to understand what this game was all about. I started studying pitchers. I started understanding how they try to get you out. And during that, my swing was changing. I started off as a raw kid with 
the ability of just hitting from the back leg and hitting these what I call wall scraping home runs. And over the years, as you saw, my swing became shorter and shorter. And I learned how to hit through the baseball. Granting all that, do you think that you would have hit nearly 600 home runs, that you would have hit 70 homers one year and 65 homers another year and topped 54 times if you had never touched anything stronger than a protein shake? I truly believe so. I believe I was given this gift. I, I the only reason that I took steroids was for my health purposes. I did not take steroids to get any gain for any strength purposes. But did you get that gain incidentally? For my health purposes, to make my body well, feel Did you normal. become stronger? In addition to helping you battle injuries and stay healthy, didn't you become stronger? Didn't you get greater bat speed? Didn't you become not just a I've very good power that. hitter, I've but an extraordinary had, power hitter? I've always, had, I've always had bat speed. I just learned how to shorten my bat speed. I learned how to be a better hitter. There's not a pill or an injection that is going to give me the hand-eye or give any athlete a hand-eye coordination to hit a baseball. A pill or an injection will not hit a baseball. Well, if that's the case, then you must genuinely regret not just the fact that you've been in virtual exile for a while, you got only 23% of the Hall of Fame vote, but what you're sitting here telling me is that you could have done essentially what you did without ever touching performance-enhancing drugs. That's your and belief. That's why it's just it's um, it's the most regrettable thing I've ever done in my life. Well, here he is saying that he could have done all of what he did without steroids. Are you buying that? No, uh, but let's take it in two parts. One was a health issue. In the first interview, he said he called his dad. He and the interview was on the verge of tears, saying. I'm so injured, I'm in so much pain, I can't play. That's 2007, okay? Over the next four years, he hits 300 home runs. I mean, come on. Uh, it doesn't figure out. If all the growth hormone did was fix his injuries, then it was the primary contributing factor to him hitting the home runs because right. if, he couldn't, if he couldn't walk and he couldn't move, right. then he couldn't hit a home run. So number one is it contributed that way. Number two, the studies have been done that when we take average people and we put them on growth hormone testosterone, the amount of muscle development over a period of two, three years is tremendous. Um, you know, in my case, I was able in my early 50s uh, to change my bench from 85 to 215 over 24 months using tiny doses of steroids, uh, which were not there for the purpose of anything more than my levels were so terribly low. But the side effect was when I had normal levels of testosterone, I could build muscle at 54 like most people would build at 34. So now you've got a super athlete, and he says it didn't make him stronger. Well, you didn't ask him what kind of weight he was moving when he was injured versus how much weight he was moving when he hit 71 home runs. And I wouldn't be surprised that a bench press was up 60, 80, maybe 100 pounds. No matter how big and how strong he was, the measurement of his weight lifts would, in fact, go up. Uh, my patients, on the average, will gain 75 to 100 pounds. Guys in their 40s who are working out have worked out before. And this is using small doses of steroids. So, yes, he was stronger. Yes, he was faster just like Ben Johnson was faster. Uh, yes, his hand-eye coordination was probably better. Um, you're able to see things and process them faster. Really? You can actually see oh, and process faster? It's not just muscular? No question. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm playing tennis it's in my 60s against mm -hmm. guys in 40s and 50s. And uh, I get to the ball, and I hit it back. And if you hit it hard at me, I get it back. And it's not that I'm losing that hand-eye coordination that goes with aging. So um, there's no question that everything works better. Mm. And the only issue is, you know, did he hurt himself? And the answer is no. The steroids didn't hurt him. He doesn't have liver disease. You know, he doesn't have cirrhosis. He doesn't have any injuries now. Uh, these are all healed. So when he used tremendous amount of medication, it showed the safety of it. Because these guys are not using small doses, and yet they haven't had any issues from a medical standpoint that the drugs in any way harmed them. Yeah, I think you'll find the next cut interesting. He talks about the dosing just a little bit, and Bob asks him 
what he was taking. Listen to this. What drugs did you use? Were they full-blown steroids? The names, I don't remember, but I did, I did injectables. Don't remember. I preferred the orals. The, the, the steroids that I did were on a very, very low dosage. I didn't want to take a lot of that. I didn't want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger or Lou Ferrigno. The most I ever got in a weight was, my weight was 250. I finished every season around 235, 240. I took very, very low dosages just because I wanted my body to feel normal. The wear and tear of 162 ball games and the status of where I was at and the, the pressures that I had to perform and what I had to go through to try to get through all these injuries yeah, it's a very, very regrettable thing. And I, I, I wish it never came into my life, but we're sitting here talking about it. And I'm so sorry that I have to. And I apologize to everybody in Major League Baseball. <laughs> my family, the Marises, but Selig. Today was the hardest day of my life. <laughs> Yeah, let's just break down what he took, because we know I know what he took. He didn't know. I mean, who doesn't know? Well, Who's he, injecting themselves? He's, and- he's not going to say. But let's talk about what he took. He said he took oral pills. So the two oral medications that are available are stanozolol, which is what Ben Johnson used to uh, uh, to run the hundred uh, yard dash uh, faster than anybody had. Okay, and the other drug he took is a form of uh, anabolic steroid called Anavar. Uh, Anavar keeps you lean and the muscles are stronger and actually can increase the twitch fiber speed. Uh, so those are the two of the drugs he took. But you didn't hear him talk about the anti-inflammatory. So uh, Decadurabolin or Nandrolone is anti-inflammatory. You take the other two, your joints are going to hurt. And you understand what I'm talking about. They dry out the joints. Mm-hmm. But the Nandrolone doesn't. So he had to have injectables because the other drugs actually can make some of the joint pain worse. So he's taken injectables of nandrolone. Uh, if the only trouble with the nandrolone by itself, it may decrease his sex performance. So therefore, he's taking some testosterone to balance it off. And he's taking some uh, stanozolol to increase his twitch fiber speed. And he's taking some antivar to stay lean. So he's taken at least four different anabolic steroids, no matter what he says, no matter how tearful he is. You know, he's lying through his teeth because you can't take... Without knowing the role of every one of them, you take one or two, it makes it worse. You got to add the third and fourth. So I know he was on all four steroids. Yeah, I mean, and probably some growth hormone too. He's not talking about, you know. So he he took he had the super whammy. Did he mention the growth hormone no. in that cut? Because he will in one coming up. And um, I mean, I again, I appreciate him for coming forward. I think he's a stand-up guy for what he's doing. Uh, other guys haven't. He didn't need to. I mean, some say because he took the job as the new St. Louis batting coach that he felt he had to come forward because he's a mentor to the players that he'll be coaching. Um, But he still didn't have to come forward. And, um, I mean, it's just you can tell that he's sincere in his apology, or at least I feel that. I feel that when he says, I wish I never would have done it, I don't feel that Mark McGuire is saying, I wish I never would have done steroids. I just wish I never would have done them in baseball because this is a competitive sport. And I think the thing with the 80s was that there were players, there were so many ball players in the 80s and 90s doing steroids that if you were one that wasn't or really didn't want to, and uh, you know, all things being equal with you and somebody else you're competing for the job for, you know, guess what? I mean, you're talking about a lot of money in your living that I think guys would go on it just for that reason alone. I mean, just to be as competitive as everyone else. Well, just listen to what he said. He was hitting, he had 49 hormones when he was a rookie. Mm-hmm. He had a couple seasons where he did less. And then suddenly now he's a big number one player pulling up, pulling the highest salary in baseball. Hello. Yeah, he did for a lot of reasons. One was for the fame, and number two is for the money. And three was he he was able to function, and he wasn't crippled to go home. Now, he can say what he wants, and he can cry on the radio if if he wants to. The truth is, 
there's a lot of motive there. You know, you, mm-hmm. did you want to be the best? Yes. I was the best in high school. I was best this. But he was so crippled he couldn't play. So damn right he's going to take whatever he can to get back to be on top of the hill. So he's slying. But he talked about on those years that he had off that he really watched pitchers. He studied more, and he, he became it's, a better hitter. That may be true, okay? But the point is if he was so crippled he couldn't play in, 2000, in, in 97 – and he went back to play, and the steroids got him back to play. It just happened that he was stronger, and he was faster, and he healed faster. And all these other little things, you know, no one timed him running the race down to first base. But I bet you that his speed went up. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see this in college players that will take on the 40-yard dash. These big players will drop a tenth of a second, which is huge because they're loading up on, you know, steroids. And they're carrying, you know, 300 pounds. Well, here's the question. Is it cheating in sports? That's the big question. And Bob Costas is going to ask him that question. At the time that you were doing it, did you feel as if you were cheating? Did you feel as if you were doing something dishonorable? Well, as I look back now, as far as my health and my injuries, try to help my injuries to make me feel normal, I can see how people can say that. But as far as the God-given talent, the hand-eye coordination, the ability, the genetics that I was given, I don't see it. You know, I've heard that explanation before, and there's no question that you were at or near the top of the class in terms of God-given ability. No one thinks that even an average ball player, let alone a non-ball player, could take steroids and, and hit 30 home runs, let alone 60 or 70 home runs. On the other hand, if you take two cars at Indy, and one gets normal auto fuel and another gets rocket fuel, they're both Indy cars, we know which one might cross the finish line first. So isn't it possible that you were a naturally great home run hitter, and naturally great home run hitters might have hit 45, 50, at the far end of every circumstance, 60? All of a sudden, guys are popping 65, 70 home runs. Couldn't some of that be attributable to steroids? Well, I, 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 can't, I can't talk about other people. I don't know. You? I can talk about me. I just told you what my feeling is on that. As far as I, I, the toll that my body was going through and the, the level that I had to play at and the injury plague that I was plagued with for many, many years, I mentally thought that by taking the low dosages that I did, would make me feel normal, and that's what I felt like. I did not take this for any strength purposes at all. I I look at my swing, and and I look at how it evolved over time, where my ball was getting so much backspin Mm -hmm. and driving. It was going out of the ballpark. That's, that's, That's from a lot of hard work. That's from many, many hours of hitting off the tee. I was the first one at the ballpark and the last one to leave. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's the same thing we, we talked about before. Yes, he had the talent to hit the ball. But if he was um, held back by injury, he couldn't hit the ball. That's number one. Number two, yes, uh, hormones are in some respect like putting high tests in a drive in a car. No question. And if you use small doses, it's not going to hurt the car. And the joke I say is when I found I was low in testosterone and uh, at the same time sleeping pattern was off, I was low in growth hormone. The doctor in California started me on this. I came back and three days later I went back to playing tennis. I hadn't played. And I went from 11th in my league to first and then went to a league that was 10 years younger and finished second because of an injury. I mean, that shows an average guy <laughs> and the changes – that, you know, here I was, 52, beating up on tennis on guys 35. And one week I actually played three hours of tennis against one guy in 50s, one guy in 40s, and one guy in his 20s in three hours in a row. The third hour was a little tough. But the point was, before I did that, I was tired playing five minutes of tennis. So was there a difference? Hell yes, it was. So anyone who's done hormone replacement therapy has to listen to this of McGuire and go, what the hell is he talking that's about? That's right. I mean, How they, did you not know there's a difference? Is, this is not the testosterone cream that's being pushed by, you know, well, whom. Because uh, that stuff doesn't work. But the other thing I was telling you that, you know, McGuire hits baseballs, and I like to think that I'm a bright guy. I came off when we started the growth hormone testosterone for me in my 50s. 
within the first month I filed three patents, never filed them before, never filed them afterwards. But there was something that was different even in my mental function. And one of those patents I, I think is going to work out very well in the next few months. The point being is here my mental function was better. Okay, I could see things I didn't see before. And I'm not promising that works for everybody, but this is my, you know, quote, God-given talent is some of the mental stuff. And it became very clear, and I saw patterns that I hadn't seen before. Could I have seen them? Yeah, maybe. Could I have done it? Could someone else have done it? Sure. But the point is, it just happened to be funny that here I am thinking better, filing patents, playing tennis better than I had ever in my life against people 15, 20 years younger and, and handling it well. I mean, hello, you know, don't think this is just... Uh, water over the dam. This is real stuff, and it can make a difference, even in small amounts. Do you think Mark believes himself from what you're hearing? Well, there's no question he's rationalized to say, gosh, you know, I had all this God-given talent. Yeah, but you couldn't get out of bed with your with your arthritic knees without the testosterone. So maybe that was enough for you to rationalize it to use. But on the other hand is all these other players are using it, and they're all hitting more home runs and their hand-eye coordination is at least as good or better. The point is, it's a pattern. And I'm not going to say that every ball player out there is using hormones. Uh, actually, uh, one of the uh, students came to me on his way as a college standout mm -hmm. and uh, on his way to playing for, the I think it was the Rams. And uh, they started him as a rookie. But when he, was, when he saw me, he was clean in high school, and I know because I tested his hormone levels. And when he got three months later to the pros, he was 35 pounds of muscle heavier, and it wasn't from me. He, got, he was getting street drugs, and then he had some other issues in, in the pros. But the bottom line is, yeah, you can tell the difference. You know, what one summer, what, Barry Bonds put on 40 pounds of muscle or something? Yeah. Okay, and you think he did that from taking whey protein? So the reality is that everything, whether you're looking at Demi Moore before and after G.I. Jane, you think she did that without steroids? You know, this woman is not built to have muscle. But she put on a hell of a lot of muscle because they, you know, juiced her up. And if it's done reasonably for us average people with small amounts, the results can be tremendous because we want that same quality of health that McGuire talked about. But his game changed because he was on steroids. All right, here's the final segment, and uh, they'll touch base just a little bit on HGH. Conceding that the reason you took it in your own mind was that, at least first, you took it because you needed it to recover from injuries and mm -hmm. stay healthy mm -hmm. through a long and grinding season. And conceding what anyone who was around the game knew, that you were a very hard worker, that you understood the science of hitting very well, that's why Tony La Russa wants you back as a hitting coach. Conceding all of those things, didn't you say to yourself at some point, mid to late 90s, hey, on top of all this, whatever I could do really well, I can do better because of steroids? No. Never no. crossed my mind. Did yeah. not. No. Because I, I, I just believed in my ability and my hand-eye coordination, and I believed in the strength of my mind. My mind was so strong, and I developed that on my own. And I, a no pill or no injection is going to do that. Your statement didn't mention HGH. Did you ever do HGH? Yes, I did. How often? I tried it. Uh, I don't know. Once, twice, maybe. So it wasn't a significant factor? No. Did the use of steroids, in retrospect, did it cause you in any way to break down? You had just turned 38 when you quit. Uh, in your era, a lot of players went beyond that. Did your body break down at all because of steroid use, do you think? Well, that's a great question because, I mean, if you, if you look at when I started taking it in the winter of 93, 94, I broke down in 94. Missed three quarters of the year, maybe the whole year. And you go into 95, I broke down again. I don't know. Could have been, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for some reason I kept doing it. I mentally thought that maybe just keep doing this and maybe I'll feel better and better and I'll get out of this rut of being a, a mass unit. So he felt that if he kept doing it mentally, he'd feel like he's getting better. 
But earlier he said that mentally I was so strong. You know, well, mentally, I mean, if, you're, if you've gained all of this muscle mass and you're more powerful, wouldn't you mentally feel stronger too? I mean, you're looking at yourself, you're lifting more weights. How could you not mentally feel stronger? Well, I was feeling mentally strong when I was finishing 11th out of 13th in the league. It wasn't that I was giving the games away. There's only so much I could physically do. It didn't change my mental direction that I want to win. Mm -hmm. But when I took the products and my strength was up, you know, it made a big difference. I actually put 20-some miles an hour on my serve. Wow. Yeah. And the fellas that used to play me up real close to the middle line, (laughs) you know, they backed up six feet behind the back line. I mean, they moved back a total of almost 15 feet. And I think that tells you, and I didn't, you know, I used small amounts of medication. The point I'm trying to make is, you know, I've had some Mr. Olympias walk in my office and tell me they're not using the steroids. And I measure blood level. Now, a normal testosterone level for an average guy here that's good will be around 450. And most of the guys who are coming in who are having symptoms around 250. You know, so Mr. Olympia walks in here and he's got a testosterone level of 4,000. Okay, upper limits of normal is a thousand, and he says he's not juicing. Who's going to believe it? I mean, he walks through the door sideways because he can't fit. But the point is, who believes that he got that naturally? Okay, so we have to realize the difference. The average testosterone dose in this office is about a hundred milligrams a week. Here, this guy must be doing two thousand to three thousand units a week. So you're looking at 25, 30 times, 40 times more than what's necessary to get you optimal. And at what point does that become harmful? Well, that's the whole point. There, So many of these athletes are doing it, and we're not seeing side effects. The biggest side effect of testosterone is it raises blood count. So everybody out there who's anemic, ask your doctor for testosterone. It works better than Epigen and these other $4,000 drugs. So testosterone, if you take too much, uh, you get plethoric, which means you look like you're bright purple. And one of the doctors who was running an anti-aging program, I saw him in 97, and I said, you can't keep taking this much testosterone. And uh, it was um, four years, three, four years ago, he died at 68 from a stroke because he had taken so much testosterone, his blood had gotten so thick. If he knew a little bit more, which is what we We've learned here, by mixing the testosterones, you, I actually use forms of testosterone in people who have blood clots to dissolve them. So every drug has its application. By mixing the majority of them, you can do some kinds of very wonderful things. But the whole idea of performance not improving because of testosterone is just BS. I mean, how can I be that I get older and play better than I did 20 years ago if the testosterone didn't make me stronger and faster and like I said, 20 miles an hour on a serve is a big difference for a guy at 50, you know. So this is real. And McGuire is just covering his bases because if he gets up and says, look, you know, I was benching 250 and I was benching 400 on the steroids, then he's telling the truth. But he never said what the comparison was because a guy who has bigger, stronger muscles is going to be able to move faster and he's able to hit harder. And the only thing he says, he keeps shortening his swing. Now, you've played baseball Mm -hmm. much more than I. It takes a lot more with a short swing to hit the ball than a long swing. It's a question of how fast you're accelerating, okay? And with a long fulcrum and a long swing, you can get more speed, you know, unless you're talking about a Bruce Lee, you know, Mm -hmm. who obviously had an unbelievable muscle development. So the fact that he has a shorter swing to hit the ball longer, hello, (laughs) <laughs> That's you got it. Okay, his twitch fibers are going ba- batty, and his muscle strength is such that he's he's lifting houses in his spare time. So, whatever he wants to say, fine and dandy. He's doing it to cover his butt. And the bottom line, it's not true because we have average people every day of the week who say, "I can't believe it. I lost this body fat. My shape is better. I'm 60. You know, I had sex with my wife twice last night, and usually it's twice a week." Uh, um, I feel better. I feel smarter. People compliment me. I'm thinking better. I can handle the stress at work better. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a very toxic environment, and that toxic environment is holding us all back. And testosterone really has a place for really probably every guy over 35. 
What about when Costas asked him if his body was breaking down from it? Well, they, see, this is the illogic. Why did he take it in the first place? Because he was breaking down and it healed. Uh, I have a story of a woman who had such severe, severe osteoporosis and a and she had an artificial, the fifth artificial hip because she was born that way. They wanted to put a, a new hip in with a bigger barrel stem because there was so much osteoporosis. In a matter of six months, we reduced the osteoporosis by over 70%. We made bone. You can measure it on the x-ray. And bone's harder to make than muscle. So we have real applications for these small amounts of anabolic steroids and growth hormone. And I have people with heart failure that have been sent home from the university to die or still with me 15 years later. We did a show with a diabetic who's uh, lost 75 pounds and he couldn't walk up a flight of stairs, but now he's running on a treadmill an hour and a half. These stories are not unusual now. We're turning ordinary people into healthy ordinary people. They're not out you know, professionally being professional athletes, but their lives are so much better because they're healthier. And that's what we're talking about for our application. And whether it's Mr. Olympia or it's Mark McGuire or it's Barry Bonds or it's these middle linebackers who weigh 340 pounds and can do a 4.4 uh, 40-yard run, they're all on it. Because if they're not on it, the guy next to them is on it and they won't be able to compete. And they won't get paid as much money and they won't be as popular. So they're doing it. So what's the answer? I mean, is there an answer? I mean, you could look at this and you could say, well, you know, either you say that everyone can do it or they can't do it. Well, if you want to make it an even playing field, then no one cheats. Okay? So far, I haven't seen an even playing field. But you know what? You had a really good point in one of our shows. We talked about this, and um, I think you said something like that even if no one's doing it, that it's an unfair advantage that somebody is genetically better than you. So it's like somebody has, without doing steroids, there's a genetic advantage that somebody like a Michael Jordan could have that they're so good. Well, that, that's a fact of life. Everyone has, everyone has something that they're unique and they're mm -hmm. great at, okay? I mean, you know, what you do here, I can't even think about, you know, anybody else who can... Uh, run a show and handle the, the radio like you can. I think in my field of medicine, uh, I've been blessed. But the whole point is, how long can you do it? Um, how well can you do it? How long can you stay healthy and do it? I mean, I, you know, I pray and hope that I'm in my 80s doing the same thing I'm doing today, hopefully functioning at a similar level. And I really believe it's possible to live into your 80s, function as well as you did in your 40s, or at least your 50s, you're never going to retire, are you? I'm going to die right here in the office. <laughs> I've been instructed not to go home and make a mess. But the point is, everyone has a gift. And what are you going to do? Now, somebody might be very gifted, mm -hmm. and the person next to them might be not as gifted but have a better response to the testosterone and the, and the steroids. Now, how are you going to work this? You could give the steroids to two different people, and we have different responses. And one guy may become better than the other guy that was stronger. I mean, you just want, you know, you want some kind of rules, but you want to know something, it's all a bunch of bull because the only thing that counts to the owners of the league and the owners of the teams is how many people come in. You make a story. And if McGuire's hitting 71 home runs, there's a hell of a lot more people coming to see the game. And there was a, a show before called The Players mm -hmm. Football. Yeah. And it was really very honest. They took it off the air because it was too honest. And they showed where these... One player said, take the steroids because otherwise we're going to bench you and the younger guy is going to play. Mm -hmm. And there's another scene where the guy's diabetic and he says, well, you know, if you don't, he says, I take the medicine, but I'm weaker. He says, well, you know, if you're weaker, we get you replaced. I mean, the bottom line is just like horses, the one that finishes first is the one that gets paid. And just a little while ago, Big Brown ran away from the everybody for two races mm -hmm. And $6 billion was bet on that horse. The horse has gotten stanzel all the first two races. and the third race, they gave it a big dose of estrogen. So the male horse ran up the back ends of all the other horses. <laughs> $6 billion steroid. And they said they tested the horse. B.S. And they asked the owners who got $250 million for the horse to go to stud. They asked if they used any steroids. They got no answer. So the point is, it's everywhere. And the point is, it should be more used in the doctor's office. 
I don't believe you're ever going to take it out of any sport. I don't believe you're ever going to take it out of any horse racing or anything else. You're always going to have it. Now, if you really, really want to do it right, then you go ahead once a week and you test everybody. And everybody goes in, lines up, and has their blood test even once a month. And then you'll take it out. But because the testing isn't done in a way that a doctor would order it and it isn't done consistently on a whole team, then you know it's all BS. Because you could test it, and I can tell who's on drugs. You just look at their blood levels, and it's not hard to know. Baseball is testing more now. And McGuire said a couple of times in this interview that he wished that he would have played when it wasn't the steroid era. He never would have hit 71 home runs if it wasn't the steroid era. Right. The best he did was 49, and then I know he did the next two years, maybe 50, 51, which is really, you know, not very many people hit over 50 home runs at all. So he was up there in the top two or three, but because of the steroids, not because of his hand-eye coordination. That's how he got to 49 and 51. But the extra 20 home runs, the extra 20 home runs, he can say, thank you, steroids. You think it's the strength? that when your bat hits the ball, it's traveling farther? Because people that saw those home runs at the stadium said, my God, it's not just that they were home runs. It's, man, these things were well beyond a normal home run distance. He hit them out of the park. I mean, the point is, you know, I'm not McGuire, and I'm 20 years older than him, and I'm saying I picked up 20 miles an hour on my serve. You know, we have this metadent uh, tennis thing here, and you, you get a chance to hit the ball, and they... They time you. Mm. And in one year, it went from 59 to 92. Now, tell me how the hell that made it, that made a difference. <laughs> the people facing me said, what in the hell are you on? And I said, well, I'm on steroids. They said, oh, you and McGuire. No, the bottom line is, <laughs> the bottom line is that anybody who thinks this doesn't make a difference, it makes a fine difference for a super athlete. It makes a tremendous difference for average people. I'm not going to say the average guy you or I go out and hit home runs better on the steroids. But when we play against our colleagues – we have just as much an unfair advantage, although we're doing it for health reasons, mm-hmm. as McGuire had uh, in baseball. So give our listeners your famous takeaway message. Takeaway message is, A, testosterone and anabolic steroids are appropriate medical therapies. They have been for 70 years. B, we have an environment that is estrogenic and it's poisoning us. And you'll see the increase in breast cancer in women, the increase of diabetes and heart disease in men is hormonal. And it's environmental. And if you don't fight back, you're going to die earlier. So the point is we can measure your blood levels. We can tell what's wrong with you. And we have the knowledge to block the estrogens and improve your natural healing ability. Because testosterone is not only the fountain of youth for a male, it is the energy for the male. It's the libido for the women. Without testosterone, women don't heal as well. So the whole point is energy comes from the anabolic steroids. And the more you have, the more energy you have, not only to run faster, but to heal faster. The two cannot be separated. Find a doctor, get your blood results. And then check out what the different alternatives are. It happens I have protocols that are not available anywhere else in the U.S. And that makes a difference. So my patients have opportunities to see what all these different steroids have been used illegally can do legally. And we've used it in Crohn's and ulcerative colitis and a number of things like the diabetes. And with continuing knowledge and research, and I've been doing this for more than 20 years, we're able to fine-tune the response. And it's all about living a better life. You said hope. You know, no question, McGuire got his hope back because the steroids took away his pain. Hmm. And it's my goal to take away people who have chronic disease, their pain, and their disease. And these anabolic steroids are probably the best, safest means to do so. How do our listeners get a hold of you? Well, we have a website, usdoctor.com. I have email, which is drdrlichten at yahoo.com. The office phone is 248 593 That's 248-593-9999. And we can set up time for consultations where I'll review your lab tests and talk to you over the phone. And then we have patients who fly in from all over the United States and Canada and even as far as Asia and South America uh, to see me so that they can be on these programs. You see, these drugs are available in Europe, but the doctors are not allowed to write for them. And they are FDA approved here. But the doctors have been scared about 
anabolic steroids and the roid rages and all these other stories that aren't true. And it's basically, you have to think about it, the drug companies are pushing drugs that are expensive. These testosterone treatments are inexpensive. They can do more for these chronic diseases than the $15,000 drugs. But that's not good business. You see, the testosterone isn't good business because it's cheap and makes people well. That's against the business principles of medicine. (laughs) But it's not against the Hippocratic Oath, which is, above all, doctor, do no harm. Well, if the doctor knows that these drugs work and doesn't prescribe them, he's doing harm. And what we do here in this office is we want to see you better. You know, I treat my patients as my friends, and I love when they come in and say, Doc, you know, I've never felt better. My relationship with my wife has never been better. I handle stress at work better. And it's safe when used properly. And you're located in Birmingham, Michigan, so uh, in case you're thinking about coming in to see Dr. Lichten, it's just a plane flight away or a short drive, depending on where you live. I mean, I see people from all over the mm-hmm. United States, and it's just a pleasure because they call me and they tell me what's going on. We see them once every year or so, and I get complete reports on these patients, and the follow-up has been, over these 22 years, just you know, enlightening. It's uh, the dream I had about being a doctor, being able to give patients hope and make them better. And uh, my work with the anabolic steroids, including testosterone for men and women, is giving me that dream. And I love the idea that I can share it with the patients who see me. Well, you're an amazing doctor, my personal doctor. And um, I just, uh, I hope that everyone that listens checks out the website usdoctor.com or listen to more of our programs on antiagingradio.com hear more learn more about dr lichten he's there for you if you need him thanks again dr lichten i appreciate your time always my pleasure steve and we'll be back next week with another program on the lichten lifestyle i'm steve peck stay healthy